God, my beard is fluffy this morning. Okay, so I committed myself to doing this once a day, at least. So here I am, again, putting in my time. Uh, People seem to like the whole book thing that I've been doing over the last few days, so I'm going to read another book. This is my favorite book. And the story of how I discovered this book, um, my friend Jake Bryant is a phenomenal engineer. And one day I went over there and he he had mentioned it. And um, I forget what we were doing. We were just kind of poking around his studio, whatever, just fucking around. And he had a copy on his little, he had a little side table where he had this book. So I sat down and I read the first page only the first page and i ordered it off of amazon it was that good i mean literally the first page i'm like yep okay i'm gonna read this uh steal like an artist by austin cleon and it's truly a fantastic piece of work it what it does is for me this book gave me the it, it felt like it gave me the permission to embrace my influences rather than hide them. I think a lot of artists, they get caught in the trap of trying to obfuscate their influences because they feel like if they connect the dots for their audience, that they'll somehow seem less creative. Like if you're influenced by the Black Dahlia murder, you know, you might avoid saying that you're influenced by the Black Dahlia murder and you'll say, oh no, I'm influenced by like obituary and slayer and it's like yeah like you're you're it's a black dolly murder but so part of this book was just saying that it's okay to embrace your influences and to be transparent about your influences because we all have them right everything we do is simply the result of our influences and what makes what we do special is how we pick and choose from those influences to make something new. So I picked out two little sections, not really chapters, that I think are particularly good. The whole book is awesome, but I picked out two things that I think are especially pertinent to um, musicians. So, all right. Write what you like. The movie Jurassic Park came out on my 10th birthday. I loved it. The minute I left the theater, I was dying for a sequel. So I sat down the next day at our old PC and typed one out. In my treatment, the son of the game warden eaten by velociraptors goes back to the island with the granddaughter of the guy who built the park. One of them wants to destroy the rest of the park. The other wants to save it. Of course, they fall in love and adventures ensue. I didn't know it at the time, but I was writing what we know now as fan fiction. Fictional stories based on characters that already exist. Ten-year-old me saved the story to the hard drive. A few years later, Jurassic Park 2 finally came out, and it sucked. The sequel always sucks compared to the sequel in our heads. The question every young writer at some point asks is, what should I write? And the standard answer is, write what you know. This advice always leads to terrible stories in which nothing interesting happens. We make art because we like art. We're drawn to certain kinds of work because we're inspired by people doing that work.
All fiction, in fact, is fan fiction. The best advice is not to write what you know. It's to write what you like. Write the kind of story you like best. Write the story you want to read. The same principle applies to your life and your career. Whenever you're at a loss for what move to make next, just ask yourself, what would make a better story? Bradford Cox, a member of the band Deer Hunter, says that when he was a kid, he didn't have the internet. So he had to wait until the official release day to hear his favorite band's new album. He had a game he would play. He would sit down and record a fake version of what he wanted the new album to sound like. Then, when the album came out, he would compare the songs he'd written with the songs on the real album. And what do you know, many of these songs eventually became Deer Hunter songs. When we love a piece of work, we're desperate for more. We crave sequels. Why not channel that desire into something productive? Think about your favorite work and your creative heroes. What did they miss? What didn't they make? What could have been better? If they were still alive, what would they be making today? If all your favorite makers got together and collaborated, what would they make with you leading the crew? Go make that stuff. The manifesto is this. Draw the art you want to see. Start the business you want to run. Play the music you want to hear. Write the books you want to read. Build the products you want to use. Do the work you want to see done. I mean, I'm not going to expand on that too much. It's pretty much dead on. And the way it applies to music is pretty much straightforward, right? I think the only thing that I would add to that is there's another benefit to that where if you want to hear that thing, or if you want to, whatever you want to see, most likely other people want to see that too. You know, um, that's pretty straightforward. So I'm not going to really expand on it too much. This one is also good. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of us don't think about, but is very true. And I think if you speak to people who are further along in their career than perhaps you are, um, they will also echo this section. Certainly the people that I have spoken to um, do. In the beginning, obscurity is good. I get a lot of emails from young people who ask, how do I get discovered? I sympathize with them. There is a kind of fallout that happens when you leave college. The classroom is a wonderful, if artificial, place. Your professor, your professor gets paid to pay attention to your ideas, and your classmates are paying to pay attention to your ideas. Never again in your life will you have such a captive audience. Soon after, you learn that most of the world doesn't necessarily care what you think. It sounds harsh, but it's true. As the writer Stephen Pressfield says, it's not that people are mean or cruel, they're just busy. This is actually a good thing, because you want attention only after you're doing really good work. There's no pressure when you're unknown. You can do what you want. Experiment. Do things just for the fun of it. When you're unknown, there's nothing to distract you from getting better. No public image to manage. No huge paycheck on the line. 
no stockholders, no emails from your agent, no hangers on. You'll never get that freedom back once people start paying attention to you, and especially not once they start paying you money. Enjoy your obscurity while it lasts. Use it. I think that's really good because you see it all the time. You know, as you head down a track and as you start to get attention, the pressure for you to stay the same is immense, right? And you see bands try to examine new avenues and there's a very real risk risk to that because the audience naturally wants you to be consistent with what you have already created. And as an artist, that can suck, but it's part of the gig if you're going to do this for money and try to make a career out of it, right? You have to take that into account. I'm not saying you necessarily have to abide by it. Certainly, uh, scratch your own creative itch by all means. But if you're going to overhaul or at least drastically change the creative direction of your call it your pillar project, there's risk to that. And there's not just risk to you, but there's risk to everybody on your team, be it your bandmates or your crew members or anybody who relies on your band for all or a portion even of their income are put at risk when you decide to take huge creative risks, which again, I'm not saying don't do it, but certainly the pressure is there. You'll feel that pressure later on when you're like, Ugh, you know, if, if we go a crazy new direction, it may impact the livelihoods of the people on our team, which, you know, you just have to make the judgment call about whether or not, you know, you follow that new track. So those are two sections. Usually I do things in threes, but I thought those two, um, worked together pretty nicely and the rest of it's good i mean it's a color book what can i say it's my favorite book and i got it for 7.97 it's a fucking deal